The witch's cackle burns the eye that sees the danger you are in. Sometimes we're wrong, but we want to prove that we are right, so we begin. Watch out, there's a sword and it's coming for your neck. In this battle for salvation, in this battle for salvation. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 39.5 of the Battle for Salvation warhammer underworlds podcast i am max bernstein i am randall slate and we're here today to talk about the headcrackers mad mob expansion just the universals we did the faction specific stuff in our last episode and before we get to that we just want to talk about a few tournaments which we'll be saying in event date order so there is an apex predator tournament uh, that's going to be at most excellent gaming in enfield connecticut on August 29th at 12 p.m. If anybody's around and interested in doing that, if you're in Massachusetts, ten dollars to get in. It's pretty close. Gotcha. All right. So, and and I know there's a few people that we, a uh, few friends we have that that live in that area. So, if that sounds good to you, that will be on August 29th at 12 p.m. Of course, there is the the Portal tournament that will be on September 11th. That will be in Manchester, Connecticut, 10 a.m. I believe that that is a, a championship style. I am planning on going to that. Let's see. We also have the Du Bois GT, November 12th and 13th. That's up in Henrietta, New York. That is D-A-B-O-Y-Z-G-T.com. And of course, LVO, January 28th through 30th. That's going to be at the, the Bally's Hotel in Casino in Las Vegas. Again, there looks like there's going to be a skirmish on Friday and then the Grand Clash on Saturday and Sunday. If you're interested in that, lasvegasopen.net. All right. How's it going, Randall? It's going great. Going good. All right. So let's get through uh, these these universals that we have from the Headcrackers Mad Mob set. We took a look through all of them. We are going to talk about the objectives and then the ploys and the upgrades, just the ones we think are worth discussing. And uh, let's get started. So let's talk about some objectives. Uh, the first one that we took a look at that we thought had some play uh, ability is uh, is Feast and Famine. Randall, why don't you read this one for us? This is a duel. It says score in the end phase if two or more enemy fighters are out of action and two or more friendly fighters each have three or more hunger counters for two glory. Right. So, of course, this is not a bad end phase if you're playing that particular vampire build that we talked about a couple uh, episodes ago because you will be definitely picking up enough hunger counters you know there were some games where i played with them and i had that many hunger counters after the first activation so all you got to do is now kill a couple guys and you're in yeah but i mean it it, it really only works in it, one yeah, deck of course because they decided to oh, yeah. put six million cards that say hunger counters but only one more band that reliably gets hunger counters in the game so so far yeah as far as we know we'll see but yes, another one that we saw and has been getting a lot of play lately is one called Fleeting Primacy. So this is a surge hybrid. Score this immediately after an activation if your warband holds three or more objectives or your warband holds two or more objectives in enemy territory and you have the Primacy token for one glory. Right, so it's kind of like 
you could just do it as kind of like a soft temporary victory. So after, you know, after it has you to know, be rotation enemy territory, occurs, though. Well, well, you could just, well, actually, no, the first stipulation just says any three. Yeah. For one, which is not a lot. But then you also have the other out of, it could be two in your opponent's territory, plus the third thing you have is the Primus token. So there are two ways to do it. Who, who do you think uses this? Uh, like flex warbands that have good movement. Yeah, probably. Because they want to be doing both of these things, standing on stuff and also killing things. I, I think I think thorns might be really good with this because you just have, uh, you know, you could just varclav into it. Yeah. Well, possibly. the interesting thing about it is that it it is a surge. Yeah. Uh, for standing on objectives, which we know have been good in the past, but it is you only get one glory out of it. Well, yeah, I mean, to be fair, temporary victory was kind of ridiculous. So yeah. this is a little bit less ridiculous. It's like a toned down version, I think. Right. And, it, and it's more like a season four version of that card. Um, I can see it being good in, in certain things. I, I think crushes maybe like playing aggro and like standing on stuff in your opponent's territory and being in your face. And then also, you know, getting the getting the primacy token. I could see you scoring it there. Maybe Wraith Creepers probably would probably uh, be able to use these really well. Um, I, I can see a few situations. Lizard men, maybe you can probably get it both way with both ways with lizard men. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good one. I, I you know, in in certain yeah, it's, it's definitely getting used a lot. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, the next one we liked was one called Lie in Wait. Uh, hybrid score this in an end phase if three or more friendly hunters hold objectives. Or two or more friendly fighters hold objectives and each is a quarry for two glory. For two glory. So I liked it because so, of the two glory. And you probably have a better chance of scoring this by holding two objectives yeah. where both of them are quarries. Yeah. Like if you are if you have one guy who just starts off as a quarry and then another guy you put an upgrade on that makes him a quarry and then you get on two objectives, you get two in the end phase. Right. Um, the only other issue that I would worry about with this is that the way that it's worded, you can't score it if three quarries are holding something. Two or more friendly two or fighters more. are holding objectives. Sorry, sorry. If you have two quarries and a third that's not, right, you cannot hold the third objective with the not guy and still score this. So you can't have two and then one that's not. So you just have to be careful about that. You know, but uh, but two in the end phase for standing on stuff. I mean, this would be a really good in a hold two deck that's you know got path to victory or dominant position. I I can see some people using this definitely. Yep. All right. Uh, the next one we have is called Moment of Glory. Yeah, Moment of Glory is a surge duel. Score this activation. Oh, score this immediately after an activation if there are three or more surviving friendly fighters and each surviving friendly fighter is inspired for one glory I, for one glory, so it is I a surge it's, it's a and surge. it's it's after an activation just by having dudes alive and inspired right so who do you think this really works well with i think this is good on war bands that like all inspire at the same time when a certain condition has been met like mm -hmm. um the soul raid or the Soul Raid Dread Round Two, yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So, or maybe uh, you know, uh, 
Rashtrax Ravagers. Yeah. They all do it at the same time as well. Wait, you mean the spoilers? The spoilers. What did I say? You said Ravagers. Well, Ravagers, Ravagers too, but I don't think you'd. I don't, I don't know if you'd take this in Ravagers. Yeah, it's, but I don't know. I mean, you're only going to stand on two objectives now. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is so, good in. in uh, it, it's, it's decent in Soul Raid and, you know, any. any other warband that like all, all inspires at once but it is only one glory and it's a surge i don't know if you want to use a surge slot on this and it's probably this is probably the you know your uh this might be like a bubble card your yeah. 13th objective that you end up cutting sometimes right the other issue with this one is that it's three or more so it would help if you had a group that perhaps doesn't you know, has a lot of fighters yeah, in like it five, so that yeah, you would yeah. have three. So I think like lizard men would also be a, a place where you might be able to do this, but you would have to make sure that the, the big dinosaur guy uh, hit something earlier, or you have to, you're going to have to wait for him to hit something and then get the other guys inspired. And then maybe you can score this. I think it depends on the war band you're playing, but if you're playing any of those ones that where it's easy to get everybody inspired, I think that's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. It's um, just the one maybe, glory that kind of, yeah, maybe Grimwatch. You know, they all snap and spire, too, at the end of a round. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next one, Primal Display. Primal Display is a surge duel. Score this immediately after a friendly fighter's attack action. If the attack action took the target out of action and you have the primacy token. So if you already have the primacy token and then you go kill and something. And then you kill something. Yeah. So, I mean, this is pretty cool that it's a... A, a, a surge that you just get for killing something, which is definitely going to be scorable in a lot of warbands, but it is kind of like a win more card. And it's only for one glory, so like it's not going to like save you in a game where you're behind, you know, I guess. Yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a multiplier for an aggro warband. Yeah. It's if you already yeah. have the momentum going. Right. Then it might you be get good. one extra yeah. glory as a surge. I don't know. It might be good with headcrackers. I think it's good with crushes as well. Yeah. Anything where you're playing primacy and and then still killing things yeah. after that. So with a warband like headcrackers, you have other ways of getting the primacy token without killing people. Right. So you can right. So you can have it before the attack. Yeah. You can, yeah. Like, find it, it would be more reliable. Yeah. To have it before the attack and then you go and bop some two health guy and and score this. But those were the objectives we saw that looked like they were worth taking a look at, at least. Yeah. So Fleeting um, Primacy is definitely a card you have to be aware of, and you have to play around it. So you have to be prepared for people trying to hold three objectives or hold yeah, two in again. your territory with the Primacy token. Great. Yeah, great. That's back. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's how it is. But that's good, because actually, I would say earlier in, in this season, there weren't a whole heck of a lot of good objective right, holding right. cards yeah and then this one comes up and it's, it's pretty good so if you're going to be doing that kind of thing this seems like something to be taking a look at all right ready to go to the ploys yes claim to domination claim to domination says at the end of the next activation the player with the highest number of surviving fighters in enemy territory gains the primacy token so i don't think this is an amazing card in most decks but I did use it in the Headcrackers Mad Mob when I was testing them, and it was one of those ploys where it was like really easy, especially early in the game, to get the primacy token and just yeah. get started. 
Well, yeah, and you have ways of spending the primacy token, you know, or triggers that work off, you know, something happens when you gain the primacy token in that warband. So I would say if you, if you have, if you have something, if your, if your deck is built around the, the, the physical action of gaining the primacy token or, you know, spending the primacy token to do something, then this is pretty cool. But if you're just getting it to like, get the one spent glory at the end or whatever it's it's not great so you need a reason to to play this when you want to play it you know the exact time to play it because it's like okay all i have to do is move this fighter into the territory and now i have two and they i have two in their territory they have one in my territory i know exactly that it's going to happen you can you can pull it uh sorry you can throw it at the uh, right at the activation when you know that the numbers are going to work for you. Yeah, you could so do you it do like have a lot of yeah. all over it. Or or if you know that they can't get one in in your territory, then you can play it on on their activation or if you want to force them into a bad situation, you could probably use it as well. And anyway, I'm not saying it's an amazing card, but if getting primacy is like a big deal for you, take a look at this one. The next one is Cunning Paths. Okay, Cunning Paths says pick one plus one move to friendly fighters in the next activation or in the next activation each time a quarry moves into a hex that contains a feature token flip that token so again it's not great in every deck but if for some reason you're interested in disrupting objectives especially if you have a really fast fighter maybe they can run through two of them you know and, and you could flip them both. So if your opponent is really into that kind of stuff, maybe it's good. I, I don't know, because I know that Feed the Beast Grave is kind of not as huge as it was, and it's also going to rotate out soon anyway. But this card is really good for anybody trying to flip tokens. So if that's for some reason, if that's something you want to do, take a look at this card. Yeah, and that's the plus one move to friendly fighters plus in the one, next yeah. activation isn't too bad either for, you know, if you're if, playing yeah, like the sort situation of doesn't arise. That, yeah. Yeah. That and you're worried huh. about getting, you know, long boarded or sideways boarded, it it can help a little bit. Sure. I mean it's it's not as good as some of the other stuff that's out there, like you know, uh spectral wings or membranous wings. There are other stuff out there that's a little bit that gives you plus two. But, uh, you know, if, if you're in a situation where you need to flip stuff, but then maybe it's like you draw the card later in the game, at least it still gives you plus one move. Yeah. So it's not like flipping or nothing. Right, it's flipping right. Or something that's also kind of good. Yep. Okay. Uh, now we get to uh, Heated Instinct, which is just plain better than Sidestep. Yeah, it says choose one friendly fighter, push the chosen fighter one hex or up to two hexes if that fighter is a quarry. So it's just it's just sidestep with an extra sentence on there. So yeah, maybe you get a little extra out of it. So it is, and there's so much quarry stuff in the game right now, um, and some guys are quarries anyway. You know, Slake Slash and you know Odapodal, plenty of others. So oh, there's plenty uh, so of quarries, I would say, yeah. and and plenty of stuff that makes you a quarry. So it's just if you want, if you if you're like, oh, I should put sidestep in this deck, be like, no, no, yeah, it instant. It it does kind of replace sidestep in that way where you, yeah. you know you you especially since there are so many good cards now that make you a quarry that you're going to play anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, sidestep is the second. You know, if you want to have two sidesteps, then you take sidestep as the second one, and this one or as your first if you're choice. playing 
Or if you're playing Vanguard and you're playing like true Vanguard and there is no sidestep available to you, you have Heated Instinct. Yeah, this is an extremely good card. Yep, I think so too. And I think that it, it, it's, yeah, it's necessary this in, in this season. Yeah, yeah, you'll see it. You'll see this card um, until it rotates. We already have. Um, I will say one more just because a lot of these plays are not that great. Um, but I let's just talk about Too Hungry to Care. Just real quick. Okay, Too Hungry to Care is, says the, f- the first fighter to make an attack action in the next activation is considered to have one additional supporting fighter for each of their hunger counters during that attack action. Okay, so if you're playing Hunger Token Vampires, this is a pretty great accuracy. So you can get a double support pretty easily on your attack. Yes, very, very easily. Very easily. So you'd want to use it on somebody that... Who has the most dice? It's... Uh, just anybody, like, anybody hitting on... Yeah, well, yeah like Velus when she's uh, when she's scything. Um, you know, Anus the Bat Boy rolls three... Um, you know, the other guys hit on smashes, so that would be like five of the sides of the dice. You just have to roll two ups. So Yeah, I, if you want I an accuracy card in that build. It's a big accuracy buff uh, if you're playing with hunger counters. Yep. That's it for ploys. I don't really see anything else that looks yeah. that good. So one um, super duper good one and then a couple a bunch of, of weird okay. ones, yeah. Yeah, in, 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 in certain situations. Upgrades. Uh, we're we're kind of running into the same issues here. Yeah. Uh, we, we said Armor of Confidence? So Armor of Confidence is an upgrade that says plus one defense if you have the Primacy token. Which is pretty cool if you can, you know, you, you want to play it in a deck that can get the Primacy token outside of one-shotting guys or killing the leader, I would say, because other than, you know... it's Or it, if you're just you, playing super aggro Primacy stuff anyway and you just feel like you're gonna have it like i think you know a crusher with two defense you know and five wounds is pretty good right so so but i i think the mad mob really needed it and i i was i was playing with armor of confidence a little bit yeah this might as well be just a a head crack as this should have been a faction card like a faction specific yeah yeah it, it, it kind of feels like that but i i can see some other stuff using it it's nice to have but it's not super reliable if you're not teching into having the primacy token and like the you know teching into ploys that'll give you the primacy token yeah because you want it to be reliable the next one we saw that was okay was hunger for success another hunger token one okay yeah you said you you were using this one this one says i used it a little bit it was like a bubble card for me yeah so it says it's an upgrade after each activation in which this fighter made one or more attack actions give this fighter one hunger counter and then reaction after this fighter's failed attack action remove three of this fighter's hunger counters if you do this fighter makes an attack action if that attack action fails deal one damage to this target so okay sorry to this fighter so he hurts himself yeah. if you if you miss the second attack. Right. So yeah. so the first thing is if you're trying to build up hunger counters, you would get that one hunger counter just for making an attack. So that was one reason to do it. Um, and then side note, you can also do a double tap if you miss the first one, but you have to give up the hunger counters. And 
you'll take a damage, but only if you miss that second attack. So, so the chances of you taking that damage, I think is worth it on balance. If you consider that you'll get a second attack and sometimes, you know, missing an attack is just could be a huge problem. So I think it's worth the risk, uh, for the damage, but, but just the gaining of hunger counter. So again, this is just really, if you're playing vampires, I think you should definitely take a look at this card and not a huge ringing endorsement as you can hear, but it was worth taking a look at in that case. The one upgrade that I think is actually a legit good card is the silent sword. The Silent Sword is a silent relic. All the silent relics make you into a quarry, which, you know, is very good in the, with a lot of the other cards we've been talking about. And uh, mm -hmm. it's an attack action upgrade, uh, range one, three smashes, and two That's damage. Great. It says, if this, if this fighter is a quarry and in no one's territory, plus one damage to this attack action. And this attack action has ensnare if this fighter has two or more silent relics. So I think the attack profile alone is worth maybe using this, especially if you have little dinky guys that have terrible attack profiles. Yeah. Um, and then if you're like really good at finagling it, you could you could get it so that you're dealing three damage. You know, all you have to do is stand in no one's territory. If you have the board set up and you can set it up wide, that gives you a lot of opportunities for this. Yeah, so, uh, the, the, my only problem is good. like my my issue with this is that you it like they encourage you to play multiple silent relics on one character, and if you're gonna put it on like some dangle bro that you just want to upgrade his attack, you you probably don't want to like stack all these silent relics on him to get the yeah. bonus thing. But um, on the other hand, like three. Three smashes for potentially three is damage. probably yeah. fine. Yeah, even without ensnare, you'll probably still hit. It's a very reliable attack. It just gets more reliable with ensnare. So uh, I don't know if the needing to put two silent relics on the same dang bro is really like a super important thing to have to do here. I think that just the ability for a dangle bro to have a really uh, accurate attack that's going to have a better profile than anything they have natively. And then on top of that, you might deal three damage with this. Yeah. So let's let's take a look at the other silent things and see, because like if, if you have the silent ring and then you have the the the, the sword also, then that would mm -hmm. be two, and then you'd have plus one dice. You'd have plus one dice and ensnare, so it would be a four yeah. smash for two damage with ensnare. Maybe a four three if you're if you could do, and you could put that on a bigger guy. Yeah. That would be pretty nice. Four smashes with yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, th there's a lot of other stuff. A lot of the other silent relics are, are pretty good, but uh, we haven't gotten to all of them yet because I think one of them is in the essentials, but not the essentials pack. The uh, what is the no the other the, 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 the there's know. one in Kynan's Reapers and there's one in the Soul there Raid and there's one in the uh, Silent Menace. There you go, Silent Menace. So, um, so we'll get to them. But uh, but the Silent Sword I think is one of the stronger ones. Actually, there's two in the Soul Raid. Oh damn! Is there? I don't know. Yeah, the Bracers and the what Mask, the Mask of the Silent People. Uh, right. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get to that one later. Yep. Okay. Card awards. You ready? Yep. 
All right, unintentionally sexual card name. We have three nominees. Lie in wait. Sometimes the waiting is the dust part. Moments of glory. And uh, we also had suffocating heat for those of you who like to be a bottom. Yeah. Uh, it's just I moment think, of glory. I think moment of glory. I think that's it. I think that's the one. Obvious. Uh, so we'll, we'll do that one. Tome of Offering is a word. Card you buy the expansion for. So let's just talk real quick. There's not a lot of great stuff in this one. Right. I feel like I feel like there's not a lot of killer things. I I think we have to go with Heated Instinct. Heated Instinct. Sword. Yeah, he Heated Instinct, heated instinct or the Silent Sword to just complete your Silent Relic collection. And, and then just like, you know, just having a slightly better than Sidestep Sidestep. So I, I think he did instinct, but it seems kind of like a weak winner. It's just like a bad, it's just like a bad expansion for, for Tome of Offerings. You know, it's like the, I don't know. It's like at the Oscars when like, like nobody's really all that great. So, okay. But we got it. We got to give it to somebody. Yeah. It's basically um, just that fleeting primacy. That's a card that a lot of people are going to be looking at and. He did instinct. Yeah. He did, he did yeah. instinct. Yeah, fleeting primacy maybe, it, but I think I think fleeting primacy is really it depends on the type of deck you have, whereas um, heated whereas instinct just goes heated in instinct everything. Heated instinct is going to yeah. be good in anything, right? And silent sword is probably good in anything, but especially ones where you have dangle bros. So, but let's give it to heated instinct. I think that's the one. Uh, Paradox armor award, just the absolutely shittiest card in the expansion, and we've decided to give it to uh, what was it? Horrific, horrific aspects. You want me to do it? Yeah, if you have it up, good. Yeah, Gambit spell cast on a focus. If cast in the next activation, enemy fighters cannot end a move action adjacent to oh, the caster. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just the caster on a yeah. coin flip, and like a lot of things have range two and three attacks. Yeah. I just it, I cannot see this being super useful. I don't ever see anybody ever playing this. Yeah, you'd have to do it on like the fourth activation, like their last activation when they can't do anything else and right. they really need and to kill only your guy. I don't know. It's so it's so situational. And it only works on a wizard. Yeah. You can't you can't you can't have it be, you know, like put the horrific aspect. You can't target another friendly fighter. Right. That would be nice. And do it. You can only do it on yourself. Yeah. Terrible. Just just absolute rubbish. Okay. Uh, the aggressive defense award for the most confusing. So the one thing about this expansion, though, is that I think the, I don't know, I felt like everything was pretty clean. There were no cards that were too confusing. Yeah. And that's good. And I think that they're getting better at this. We might have to stop doing the aggressive defense award. Yeah, we might. We might have to stop that with this. Yeah, I'm with you. The only What's one that? I could think of giving this to is maybe suffocating heat. I'll just read that. It says each time a, sure. a fighter makes a move action, give that fighter one hunger counter after that action. Minus one move from each fighter with one or more hunger counters to a minimum of one. Minus After one they already moved. wounds from each fighter with three or more hunger counters to a minimum of one. This effect persists until the end of the round. So, like, I was looking at that and thinking it was, like, give this fighter a hunger counter and now he has minus one move. And if he has three, then he's minus one wounds. But it's, a it's actually each time a fighter makes a move action... Right, so it's after the fact. So it's after they move. Yeah, unless unless they already have hunger counters on them. Uh, yeah. So yeah. so for vampires, which, which you know, yeah, is, the vampires are really the only warband that that intentionally puts a bunch of hunger counters on themselves. Yeah, I guess uh, it's like 
so i, I like yeah vampire tech I, it seems yeah, like yeah i'm really frustrated nah. with all these hunger cards right they didn't it, well it's kind of like you know the hunter quarry thing last season they didn't really do anything with it but then this season they kind of did yeah so maybe season five we'll see more hunger stuff God, maybe we'll not. get like flesh eater courts that like want you know hunger counters yeah we, 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 we already have that I know, but well, I mean, we have plenty of like Stormcast and we have plenty of orcs now. So I'm just saying, it's like maybe maybe it will come up in the next season. I guess we'll find out. Okay. Okay. Um. So that. But is then, what are they going to the do? They're just going to add one more warband that cares about hunger counters, or do you think they'll make it like a whole thing where maybe it's like two, hunter maybe and Primus is going to become more. Well, look, the thing is, is that they've had a lot of keywords and a lot of uh, you know, a lot of mechanics that we thought weren't really going to do anything and they weren't doing anything last season and then they really started to do something in this season mm-hmm. so maybe they'll just continue with that you know it's just more design space they can play with see what they do okay yeah i mean i'm you know n- nobody's consulted with me so <laughs> i guess we'll find out uh so just wanted to talk about one thing before we sign off there was uh, there's a couple of Mad Mob related information that has come to light since we did our episode like a week and a half ago. Uh, one of them is that uh, Matt from Set the Tempo has a guest article with uh, Graham Schwickard, who goes by the name Compact on the Vassal and uh, on, on Discord. Um, so if you want some further reading on Mad Mob, I would recommend that article. And also I want to give a big shout out to Chad Wright, who is a player in, I believe, Australia now. And I, he, he and I talked a little bit, a little, got in my DMS and I, I, so I was playing uh, my final vassal league game against uh, Chris Payone, who lives in, in your neck of the woods, who lives in uh, Stanford. And since we live so close to each other, I said, hey, why don't I just come over and we can play a real game instead of having to play on the computer? And Chris was like, that's a good idea as long as we do it outside and we wear masks and we're smart about it. And I'm like, fine by me. So I drove up there and we uh, we played in his backyard and he was playing, he said he's been playing the uh, the witch elves lately. So the Blade Coven, and you know, I love my, I love me my Blade Coven. Blade Coven. But yeah, and then of course I was playing Reapers because our next episode is going to be about Reapers. Uh, I just stole Derek Trackware's Reapers deck, and we'll talk about it next time because I think he's going to be our guest. And so, which is good because I need a reason to drink. And so, so, so when I so when I was done, I was talking with Chris, and Chris said, "Oh yeah, I, you know, I heard your the episode that you did about the Mad Bob, and I know this guy Chad." who I had played with a little bit on Vassal, and he was also playing Mad Mob, but he was playing it kind of in like a flex way. And I'm like, what? Because we just spent an entire episode talking about Mad Mob as if the only way to play it is aggro uh, and in your face. So I just want to talk real quick about his deck and how he was playing it. So what he said was, and I will read what he said. He said... That what he does is that he he so he says he, he likes to put headcrack in a safe spot, which makes a lot of sense, but have Daco and Wallop up front and Tooth Daga kind of in the middle, like as a midfielder. 
And what he wants to do is he said he wants to put two objectives in places above the starting hexes so that when Daco and Wallop get to move, they get that free push at the beginning, he takes advantage of that and steps on the objectives. And so now he starts the game holding two. So then he has stuff like hidden purpose and temporary victory in there, uncontested and um, dominant position. And so he's he actually has a lot of hold objective stuff. And then I'm looking at so so here's here's the objectives. He's got uh, hidden purpose, temporary uh, sorry temporary victory, team effort, which I was using as well. He has uncontested, which is really weird, but he said that it works in this particular case. Bring it on, dead sneaky, green fury, or ones that I was using. Hunt the world spirit, which is the one where if you're a warband, if you hold two objectives and you have the primacy token, or if you just hold three. You can get it for two and in an end phase, which is not too bad, considering that you have all the tech in this particular deck to use it. Smash him, which is uh, two or more enemy fighters are out of action and you have the primacy or three or more enemy fighters are out of action. So it's good for killing stuff, I guess. If, you know, if it's not happening, you just throw it away. Dominant position, everything to prove and unafraid. Uh, for 19 total glory, that is a lot. That's not including kills. So so really good stuff there. Um, as far as the gambits go, a lot of it is is control stuff. So buried instinct, restless prize, distraction, um, you know, primal brutality, primal cunning, unhinged ferocity, heated instinct, which we were just talking about, duel of wits. He uses a healing potion because you want to keep those guys alive. And then uh, jealous defense. Which is uh, which is pretty good because you're gonna of course be standing on objectives and trying to kill stuff, and you have decent range with these guys, um, especially with Headcrack and Daco. Uh, and then for the upgrades, we have Killa Instinct, spelled really weird for Tooth Dagger, just to make him really because uh, that gives him cleave and ensnare, and you're not being super aggressive with him. Lucky Bone, I have Lucky Bone, winner of the uh, of last episode's uncentrally sexual card name award power of the beast runner up for the same thing lots of wounds there spirit of gorkamorka for re-rolls spirit of the beast for uh, being on guard when you have the primacy token and inspiring dominant defender to be on guard when you're holding objectives and maybe get the primacy token that way formidable defense for extra defense so a lot of extra defense stuff silent helm takes takes crits away from attacks Great fortitude, great strength, and of course, quickening greaves to make sure you're standing on something. So it, it has a lot more objective holding focus. And he says that it's been working out pretty good. If you guys are interested in that, I'll put the link to the deck if you guys want to try it out out there. All right. Uh, Randall, how you feeling? Yeah, it's pretty interesting, this deck. Um, the, the dominant position mm. is you, you're really good with, with only four... They only have four fighters. Yeah. So you really need to use your uh, Restless Prize and Distraction really well yes. for that one. Uh, he says he goes on guard a lot. Like right, right. And that's that's what that. I was going to say is there's there's all this, this guard stuff, um, which is okay because two of them have two dodge. So being on guard is pretty nice for mm. them. Uh, two, two of them have two dodge when they're inspired. So yeah, the dominant defender... And the spirit of the beast are pretty nice for um, 
holding objectives with this with this warband. It's going to be tough to right. get you off of them. Right, and he also says that he's using most of the upgrades on Headcracker and Toothdagger, and not really right. much on the yeah, other two Yeah, because Toothdagger is, is the one that goes to two. They both, yeah, they they're two at two when dodge. they're inspired. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, so he's really you, so just you using use Headcracker and Toothdagger to 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 hold the objectives, and you keep Wallop and Daco to just going in there and just mixing yeah, it up, and whatever up, yeah. happens to them, who cares? Right. So just saying, there are other ways to play it. We were not privy to this information at the time that we did the episode, but uh, it's always great to have a, a game where, you know, other people who are just, you know, mad sciencing, you know, on their own time can figure something out. And so if you guys want to take a look at that, we'll have that in the show Yeah, notes. a new perspective on uh, this warband. Absolutely. And yeah, and, right. and props to him for, for trying it in the Vassal League, too, because that's a pretty... Absolutely. That's a, well, he, there's a lot of really good players. Oh yeah, because it's a lot of really good players. Yeah. yeah, I don't know where he landed on that. I'd have to go look it up. But uh, anyway, so Randall, you feel good about everything? Oh cool? yeah, feeling good. All right. Oh yeah. So there you go. So that's Headcracker's Mad Mob, uh, fully complete. So in in if you if you have to buy, let's say you can only buy five expansion packs or whatever. That's like in your budget. Oh, is this is this the one, one you don't buy? Yeah. Do you skip this one? You think? I think that so far I feel as though this expansion is kind of the weakest if you're like if you're on a budget and there's only yeah. particular ones you can buy. Right. So far this one feels maybe maybe the Ravagers, but so yeah, far I this mean, one feels like one that's expendable. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm not a huge fan of this warband in general and then also the universal cards are not particularly good. So, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think could, that if you're you if could, you're completist, absolutely this get this one. You're gonna have to, but I think you can get away with skipping it if you're just like getting a couple of them and you're just playing like a little, little bit more casually. Right. Yeah. If you're not maniacs like us that buy everything, I know you could skip the, you could skip this one and buy Kynan's Reaper. <laughs> yeah, we buy it or whatever. Yeah, literally everything, even though nobody really plays, you yeah. know, in 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 person as much as they used to, but we're still doing it for you guys. So yeah. All right. Well, that sounds good. So, hey, Randall, good hey. talking with you again, of course. Love it. All right. Uh, so we for will Battle see you for at Salvation, the portal. Come to the portal. Oh, yes. Yeah, I do want to go to that. Uh, so for Battle for, for Salvation, this is Max Bernstein. This is Randall Slate. And we will see you all next time.